You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. You like volatility? Are you the kind of investor? I guess investors don't love volatility. Traders love volatility. And right now, this vo- this market, these markets have been as volatile as they've been in quite some time. And volatility doesn't mean, I think volatility gets used interchangeably sometimes with the markets going down. You say, oh, we've got volatile markets. You should Really, we're just saying markets going down. But no, in the last God, 10 days, 10 trading days, uh, these markets have been both down and up in really remarkable ways. Uh, last week, in fact, the S&P 500 was up a little bit better than a percent and a half, but you would never know it because it got demolished the last couple of days of the week, but that just shows how good the first two days of the week were. We're at it again this week, markets getting pummeled on Monday, and then here we are on Tuesday the 11th, rallying back as we're recording this, the Dow, Russell, up a percent each. Um we're moving up and down and there's no other way to slice it. We are, we are in volatile markets and waiting on data, whether it's from the federal reserve or the CPI report, or we're about to enter earnings season, which causes some volatility as investors position themselves. So as an investor, how do you handle volatility in your portfolios? Right. Uh, And that, this is something that you work with your advisor on and, uh, you know, something I think that we have to get used to a little bit, you know, it's especially when things are as smooth as they were over 2021, you're going to have to pay the piper at some point, And we certainly have done it here in 2022. So it, what we're going to do today is five kind of volatile, five tips to help you with volatility. Um, because I think this is something that we're going to have to settle in both on the high end, the good part of volatility and the bad part of volatility. It's going to be it's going to be here with us for a little while. And the first tip here is is to kind of just recognize that volatility might be uncomfortable, but it's also normal. And so just like muscle fatigue is a part of any kind of intense training program, you know, ask me after playing tennis three days in a row how muscle fatigued I am. I promise you I'm pretty sore. But vol- just like muscle fatigue is is part of any intense training program, volatility is an unavoidable part of the investment process. It's it's easy to forget that volatility is actually the norm, not the exception, especially after stock prices steadily rise or fluctuate less than 1% per day over a long period of time like they did last year. And really, according to market data, stocks have averaged three pullbacks of 5 to 10% per year. And since 1980, the S&P 500 experienced 25 corrections of more than 10%, and it's historically recovered, of course, and we know that. In addition to explaining kind of the regularity of dips throughout the decades-long investment experience, I think it's equally important to emphasize what typically happens in the period following a dip. Because according to Ned Davis Research, the average return from the lows after a correction exceeds 23% over the next year. And that can be a comforting fact to all of us investors who are seeing their account values drop, particularly on that 
really nasty September statement that we all got. And on top of this, we're all living in extraordinary times. I know it's become pretty rote to say this at this point, but we haven't faced these exact economic and geopolitical issues before. But I will say the market has faced others that are similar, and eventually the turbulence ended positively. And it's never pleasant to watch stock prices fall, but if you can view it as an expected part of your investment journey, then these fluctuations are going to cause you a lot less angst. In fact, if you're a younger investor, dips like this can be the kind of opportunity you look back on as one of the ways that you actually really turbocharged your returns over your lifetime. Just ask anybody who kept contributing to their 401k during the great financial crisis, right? That you were putting money in when stocks were getting demolished and uh, you were better off for it ultimately in the long run. Keep in mind also, and this is tip number two, that patient investors are typically rewarded. Um, you know, we have to hedge this by saying typically rewarded, but more often than not, uh, investing in difficult times and staying invested in difficult times, the story ends well for those people who are doing that. So while investing in equities offer, offers the opportunity to profit from innovation, economic progress, compound growth, it also requires a lot of patience and time to pursue those gains. Uh, Warren Buffett famously said, investing in the stock market is a way for the impatient to transfer money to the patient. And history shows that patience has indeed paid off. Since 1990, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has achieved a 9.5% annualized gain, and that includes dividends. And even if you were look o- to look over shorter time horizons, since 1950, the S&P 500 has risen 83% of the time across a five-year horizon, it has risen 92% of the time across a 10-year period, and 100% of the time of all rolling 15-year periods. And so history, this is where we say history can't guarantee future performance, but it does provide some insight into the cost of prematurely exiting the market. From 1990 to 2020, the S&P 500 indexes annualized gain was seven and a half, but the average equity investor's return was only 2.9%. So why on earth is there more than a four and a half percent gap in performance between investor returns and the index? And the answer is because when stock prices begin to fall, investors become fear-driven, which pushes them to sell, even though it's probably not in their best interest at the time. And that's how you shoot yourself in the foot with those returns over a 30-year period. So also, remember your time horizon here. Once you've established a long-term goal, you've really embarked on a journey to pursue that goal. And so the path may not always be pleasant, but there aren't shortcuts here that allow you to skip over the rough terrain. So you've got to stick with it. The third tip here is to remember that timing the market doesn't work. Now, most investors are naturally inclined to protect their portfolio from additional losses by selling on the so- on selling on the slide down and then re-entering when they feel it's a safe time to reinvest. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had where people say, "You know, I'm just going to get out now before it goes down any further, and I'll get back in when the coast is clear." It's tempting to try and time the market that way, but frankly, it's usually a costly mistake because even the most seasoned investors can't predict when a stock has reached its peak or its bottom. And during a market decline, if you sell out of fear of losing more, the decision when to reenter is equally challenging because reentering at the wrong wrong time there locks in your losses. Um, 
You've got to be right twice. Uh, from 1990 to 2020, the market's largest gains and losses occurred within days of each other. Just see, for example, last week. And so despite market bad, being in bad, quote, bad markets, good days are more common than you actually might think. So, for example, take geopolitical events. Stocks typically rise after negative geopolitical events occur, which is contrary to what most people think. And investors moving to cash on those days risk missing out on some of the market's best days as stocks begin to climb climb the wall of worry as the old stock market adage goes. I would I would reference here um the earthquake, tsunami and nuclear meltdown in Japan where markets re- actually reacted positively not shortly after those events, which were tragic of course, but keep in mind that you know we're we're investing in how companies are going to react. Uh I think maybe let's get into the numbers again for just a second. The annualized gain for the S&P 500 from 1990 to 2021 was 9.9%. Let's just round this off and call it 10. But if you missed only the best day of each year through that span, your annualized return drops to 6.1%. So just one day of each year of of that span of time, there's a difference of 3.8% of returns. And if you mess the mess, the best two days of each of those year of each year in that span of 1990 to 2021, you'd be up less than 3% annually. And if we really want to take it to the stream extreme, if you miss the best 20 days of each year, you'd be down nearly 25% per year. So you've got to be there for the good and the bad because it eventually kind of comes out in the wash. Number four here would be that opportunities are everywhere during volatility. When stocks decline, you can buy in at a lower price and you can position yourself for future gains. When the, dec- when the decline here is the part of an overall cycle, stocks trade below their intrinsic values and offer an improved price-to-earnings ratio. So in short, they're cheaper. And I know we talked about not timing the market, but this has more to do with continuing those retirement account contributions, even in bad markets. And if you view this as an opportunity to buy valuable assets and valuable investments at fire sale prices, you can kind of begin to reframe your experience here and think about it from both the buying and the selling angles, right? Simply put, I think when the market is down, investors can get more for their money on individual stocks and other equity investments. So if you love some stock at the price in January of this year, then you might really love it if it's down 20% or more at a discount. So just like selling can cause you to lose capital or miss out on days where the market makes and holds on to its gains, Buying can help you position for better long-term success. Just ask anybody who was buying in February of 2009. So uh, let's move on to the last one here, number five, which is that dollar cost averaging and other kinds of similar strategies can kind of smooth out your experience when we're in these volatile times. So you might already know from your experience investing in a 401k that dollar cost averaging can potentially reduce the overall impact of price volatility and lower the cost per share. So it's not as thrilling as receiving big gains over a short period of time, but dollar cost averaging can actually help you maintain discipline during downward cycles. So contributing the same amount of money into the same position on a regular basis, regardless of how the market is performing, is the opposite of trying to get in and get out at the quote right time. So as a result of that, 
dollar cost averaging can be an effective and reassuring strategy for those who want to invest despite uncertainty. And it can avoid miscalculations and timing as well. It, it Basically, if you automate your contributions and your investing, you remove the emotion from the equation and you really smooth out the investment process and it helps you, I think, to keep your long-term goals in, pro- in focus here for you. So how can market volatility help you here? And if you're a do-it-yourselfer that's starting to second-guess your portfolio choices, you know sometimes it can be feel pretty easy when the market's going up, but when the market's falling, perhaps you need to sit down with a professional for a cup of coffee and a second opinion. And I think the same could be true if you're working with an advisor that you don't hear from very often, particularly when the conversations become hard and your portfolio is showing lots of red, maybe your investment advisor is harder to get a hold of. And so I think sitting down with an advisor, or if you don't have an advisor, finding one, and you can reach us at Ford Financial Group at info at FordFG.com, sitting down with one of us and having a second look at your portfolio might be helpful for you, and where you can get a professional's opinion on what's going on with your investments, how they fold in with your overall retirement plan, uh, and put you or help you kind of either get back on track for success or confirm that what you're doing maybe is a, is the right path. So. Um, hang in there. We, I, I think we'll probably do another one of those casual Fridays. We've got some webinars coming up, so stay tuned for that. Um, wanting to make sure that everybody has the information that they need um, as we as we continue coming out of this September slide. We wind up in a, what is typically a bumpy but often good October. Lots of information coming up with the CPI report coming soon, earnings, Fed meeting, election on November 8th. Um, So we will try and address all of these things as they come regularly uh, in the podcast here with our casual Friday webcasts. So I'm going to leave it there. My name again is Brian Ullman. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you next time. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.